Welcome to Schoolboy and the Dropout, a tale of two trainers, where we talk about lifestyle, fitness, health, and wellness, all while having a ton of fun. Enjoy the show. You so, got that there, she wants to come in. Or he, is it a he or it's she? A, it's a he. He a dumb And he's a bitch. <laughs> but, um, well, what's your body image like, man? What's what? Your body image. Can you talk about my body a lot? Mm-hmm. Last time? At the end of our episode? Oh, yeah, I said... You completely went on a rant about my body. Yeah, I said, small back, small chest, big waist, no calves. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I said, right? <laughs> Something like that. All right, so this is what I am. <laughs> so, with my biceps, I'm about... <laughs> shut up. 22 inches. Okay, you wish. Shut up. Uh, 45-inch chest. Okay, you wish. Uh, what, what's my what right now? 20. Okay, if you guys, if you guys, <laughs> if you guys know what Gumby looks like, that's exactly what he looks like. Right? <laughs> no, I'm a big dude. Uh, I'm 6'2", 225 <laughs> pound lean muscle. That's what I'm talking about. Your body image is shit. <laughs> no, but my body image is not shit. I like my body. Okay. No, with all seriousness, no, I'm not a big dude. I'm 160 pounds right now. I'm not sure how true that is, though. I'm just scaling myself, but that's what I'm weighing at. 160 pounds. Uh, body fat about, with all honesty, I think 12%. If I have to guess right now, I'm at 12%. That's probably going up for sure. Yeah. I know in, in like previous episodes, we, we said I was at 8% body fat. I think I was for some time, but I just didn't feel sharp enough on the field. I felt like I was like, like not performing well, so I was like, I got to... I gotta eat, you know. I get some donuts in here. That's what I'm saying. I gotta get that zebra cake in me. <laughs> so I feel better now. Performance much better. Yeah, you, throughout this whole podcast, we're just gonna rip each other off bodies. But it's, it's just funny. Matt over here thinks he actually has a small waist. <laughs> Every time I say she wants a small waist, like, hey, that's me. Once again, go on Instagram, check out my small waist. Oh, God. Small <laughs> waist. <laughs> Isn't it like, what, 84 inches around? <laughs> <laughs> Do they make pants so, that big? Uh-huh. Do they make pants that big? They do. I'm pretty sure, like, over half the population. 84 inches, you know how big that is? Circumference? That's... That's huge. I've seen penises like that. What? <laughs> what the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> okay. Uh, but it's, it's good that you brought up, uh, like, you asked about my body image, and then I immediately responded with, no, I like my body. No, you don't. I do. I, I don't have a problem with my body. This guy flexes in the mirror. I do, because it's hella funny. That's why. I don't do it because I'm fucking insecure or whatever. <laughs> I really, I, 100%, I am not insecure about my body. That's 100% true. Also, if my performance is good, that's all I care about. I know a lot, a lot of people out there that are probably listening to us, they care about aesthetics more. A, if that's what you care about, go for it. I know... Fucking Matt over here is going to rip on bicep curls the whole podcast. For sure. He's going to rip on tricep extensions the whole podcast too. For sure. But we're going to get a lot of hate from these people that want to build aesthetics. So You can still build them. You, you can, but just not as well. I don't think, I don't think so. That, that's the other like... Uh, disagree. Yeah, the disagreement we had, but it, it's good. It's good. Two people, you know, it'll show you that we, we still disagree, but we still agree on a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Obviously, there's like a baseline, but there's still some things that like today. What did we disagree on? Oh, lunges. Yeah, yeah, the knee. Or track. knee over toes. Mm-hmm. But so Matt over here. What? So explain. You went to a like a, a camp or whatever. Yeah, a little boot camp uh, boot certification camp, yeah, course, yeah, yeah. and they basically take each coach and have the coach instruct the course for a little bit. It's like a rotary. So basically, one person's working. Well, not whether one person's. The whole group's working while one person is taking over and coaching. So during the coaching process, one of the people were instructing uh, the proper lunge pattern, and they instructed us not to put our knees over the toes, which biomechanically that's unsound, right? That's an unsound principle. If you think about how the ankle's supposed to work, you want the talus to be tracking over the malleolus. You actually want that dorsiflexion action in the, any kind of squat pattern. Um, the second you don't have that, you have an upright shin to angle, and then obviously your back's going to be fucking hugely dipping down and a huge hinging. Um, so it kind of fucks up your squat if you don't have the ability to dorsiflex. So when he was instructing, he gave us a cue of don't let your knee go over your toe. 
I feel like it's a big thing in fitness that people just like. You hear that a lot. Just, they're just dumb. You hear and, that a lot. And if you're if you're if your heels on the ground and planted. Well, good. well, what is the reason for people that say don't? And I, I'll go into that. So okay. if your heel is down and planted, and you're going through the tripod of your foot, so your heels down, big toes down, pinky toes down, and you're corkscrewing your knee in. Think about when you screw a wine bottle, right? Right. When you take that action, the torque through your knee. Right. Actually, drive the knee out. Um, that knee should be tracking over the toes, right? You should be allowing a little bit of knee over toe action. Okay. But the problem is that when people come off their off their heel, and then now they put all that pressure, they used to be on the, the tripod of the foot, the no, heel, on, big toe, and the pinky, and instead it's releasing all the pressure on, on the, the foot. Yeah. I'm sorry, releasing all on the pressure the on the knee. Yes, exactly. Sorry. So all that pressure is now on the knee. That's how people get knee pain, right? It's not from the, the error of knee over toe. It's from the error of heel lift, right? So as long as you have a base tripod... Foot and poor mobility, basically. Right, exactly. Exactly. Um, that kind of that kind of put us back and forth in this discussion. But um, show us your side of things. What do you think? Well, sorry, I was eating that donut. You know, getting that small waist action. Sugar gains. <laughs> so my, um, I was honestly, I was just talking about. Now that he says that, he convinced me. And he also showed me a really good uh, example because I was trying to talk about sprinting, but I was saw when I was talking about the sprinting, I was talking about the triple flexion action, which means that you're bringing your hip extend. I'm sorry, hip flexed, which means bring your knee towards your mouth. Right. And then the knees being flexed, and also the the ankles being dorsiflexed, which brings bring your heels down and your toes up to your nose. Right. So you're in so, that full. Up position. Exactly. And I was just trying to prove to him that when I'm in that position, then my knee is actually over my toes. He told me to go ahead and get in that sprint position. He showed me the triple flexion, triple extension, and he showed me how in both times my knee actually does come over my toes. And that's that's my big thing is, like, show me how it relates to the athletic world. And uh, prove that to me. But then I was talking about, like, the stretches, like when you're stretching... When your knees is over your toes, it's going to uh, hit different muscle groups, obviously. When it's not, it's going to hit something different. But that's a whole, like a whole different topic. And for the longest time, I was debating my, with myself, and I was like trying both. Should my knee go over my toes? Should my knee stay, not go like over my toes? And honestly, I think I've almost always found out like my knee just wants to go over my toe. Right, It's because it's a natural thing. Right. That's why your, your talus... Is allowing your malleus to actually translate that movement over. Because right. It's a natural function we need to have. Like a bipedal human, as they walk, their knee naturally grazes over their toes. It's a soft movement, but it happens all the time. Why would we be incorrect to do that in a bipedal movement of a squat? Right. It just makes no sense why people want to perpetuate that lie. But that was kind of one of the things we had a disagreement on. Uh, was there another one that we had? Where the, I thought there was one more. I'm trying to remember. Did we? Because you said like something, and I was like, oh. And then we were like, we're like I'm like, get back into our set. You know, because we started going off, off the No, you were, we actually agreed on this when You were talking about the uh, retracting oh, correction for the push-up. Oh, okay, yeah. But no, I agreed on you with that okay. one. Because that's fucking dumb. What was he telling you? Just protract all the way? Yeah, like, so... When you're doing it on a push-up, even when you're in that fucking yeah. eccentric and concentric both times. Yeah, so for the audience who's listening, and obviously we're not on video, but if you think about putting your arm in front of you, your elbow locked, and pushing from your shoulder, right. taking your scapula off of your spine of the ribs, and then pushing out like you're punching, a mini punch without actually moving your elbow. It's just your shoulder that's shoving your hand forward. That's protraction. Now taking that opposing movement where your elbow's locked, and then you're pulling that shoulder back with the rhomboids, right. where your scapula is now pulling back onto the spine of the ribs. That's called retraction. So in the movement of a push-up, I understand at the very top you could protract, which means extend the shoulders. Then you'd be working the serratus. I understand that. But as you start to dip down to that push-up, you want to retract the shoulder blades to get a farther origin insertion point of your pack to actually work your pack instead of your delts. So um, that's going to lead to shoulder impingement because you're internally rotating as you're protracting um, if you are doing it through the, through the full range of motion. And this guy was just like so adamant about trying to make people protract. And I was like, it's so funny. He was trying to get you in that... Uh Poor position. Yeah, he's training me a poor position. <laughs> and Matt was just over here was like, I said, nope. I was like, fuck this guy. Nope. He just did his I correct said, form. <laughs> was he certified? Do you know? Oh, for sure. Everybody who, who was at the camp was certified. Yeah. Which just shows you there's some badass trainers out there. You know, they're just awful. Not badass in a good way. Like, 
Like bad. Bad shit. Like they have a butt ass. <laughs> like this shit. Yeah, their ass is poor. Small butt. Right, but you you were, uh, let me try to get back to what I was trying to say. You're talking about my image, my body image, what it looked like. Him and I, like, always joke around about each other. He, he says he has a small waist, <laughs> and then I say I have, like, fucking big back. And he thinks he can lift more. Yeah, I, I think I can lift, like, 400 pounds more than I really can. And then he'll go, to, he'll go, he'll go to attempt my warm-ups, and he'll be like, nope, can't do it. Your warm-up? <laughs> yeah. You attempt my warm-up. Okay, your warm-up will fucking one-hand snatch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I just want to, like, talk about body shaming and uh, what society and what social media has, like, it's making us believe what the quote-unquote ideal body is or what a female should look like or what, excuse me, what a, uh, a male should look like. And uh, Matt over here is like trying to move the phone away from all the sound that he's making with his chocolate, dark chocolate, small waist. Good ship. Good ship. You're trying to get that small waist, huh? Yeah, got to get that 90% dark dark chocolate. Okay. All right. But I, so ideally, social, especially Instagram right now, I just hate how, like for the female, they think they need to look like a certain body type, like that slim thick body type like a slim waist a big butt that that kind of body type and then for basically me oh my god <laughs> oh my see that's what i'm talking about small waist you don't have a small waist and then for a male it's just like a certain muscular type of physique like abs popping you know chest. Like, like me again oh my god he has he has zero ab development he has strength in his core, but zero app development, and um, like, fucking, you know, good biceps, horse quads. Okay. You're describing, me, you're describing me the entire time. No, I am not. <laughs> oh, that's something you don't have. Good calves. Yep, not me. Exactly. Small mm-hmm. calves. This is what you have. I just want to get into it, and. What's your opinion? My my opinion is you don't need to follow these people. Okay, so and here's the thing. You can obviously have some people out there as your, like, idol, right? You look at them, and you're just like, I want to be at that level. But you do need to put some things in play. So when they take those pictures, they have a lot of filters. 99% of the time, they're flexing. It's a good angle, good shadowing. Good angle, good lighting, good shadowing, good everything. Everything is in their favor. Possible Photoshop, you know. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I forgot. That's a big thing. I fucking did a uh, Photoshop picture of, of myself like did way you? not recently like way back when I started working out, and I literally just took me and I was like I want to play around with this shit, literally played around and I looked goddamn like ninety nine percent better than what I really am. I was like this is stupid. This is what people are doing. And this, this you're is ugly to start with. Huh? You're ugly to start with. That was just made my muscles look more full, oh. more denser. You dummy. Made small. myself look more cut. <laughs> Your mom. <laughs> Your mom's tits. Oh, <laughs> no. And then, yeah. So, get, getting back to this. What I want you to understand is, like, you're going to have your individual-based results when you work out. You don't want to expect things. You don't want to expect you're going to look like. Why would you do that? <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead and explain to them what you just did. Nothing. I didn't do anything. <laughs> Very inappropriate, Matt. We're tr- we're on air. We're on air right now, Matt. We need you to not do that. Right now, the audience should expect. I can't even process my thoughts right now because you're just. The audience should be expecting things like this now. Okay. All right. I wish we can like videotape this and just post it on Instagram so they can see the shit you do behind the scenes. It'd be great. Okay. So they don't think I'm just a crazy fuck that's laughing at random times and think I'm not serious about what I'm talking about. You're right. Okay. All right. What I want you to know is. You don't expect to look like that at the end of, like, any journey you do. So, let's say you're like, okay, at the end of this month, I want to look like that body type. Realistically, you won't. A lot of these people, you got to give it to them. They have been training for, like, years and years. They obviously get it overnight. But they do make themselves look a lot more perfect. And then we have people in the world, like, they body shame all the time. You look at a very, very obese, well, not an obese person, but you look at a girl and you're just like, oh, look at her tummy, like, sticking out, right? And you look, <laughs> right, right. 
and then you look at a guy, and you're like, oh, look at his scrawny arms, you know? Everyone, right, me. <laughs> Still strong, though. Got your ass. Uh, 110 pound curls, dude. Okay. I do, I do. In your dreams. No, I do. We'll take a video, put it on the. We will, we will. It won't happen. East bar. It's never gonna happen. It will. Okay. Two days. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's my thing on it. Like, don't listen to it, honestly. And I hate seeing people fall into that trap. It's like, set your own goal, be your own self, and find what works for you. In fitness, there isn't a one formula that fits all. So, like, in math, you might have fucking, like, uh, give me a formula in math, bro. I forgot. E equals MC squared. That is that math? Yeah, that's physics. Le- physics, same thing. So, e, MC, e equals MC squared, isn't it? Right, right, right. So, it works for certain type of questions, right? You can use that formula to solve it. In fitness... It's not a one fit, one formula that fits everyone because everyone's going to be different. Body structure different, genetics different, obviously body type different. Your uh, like the size of your bone, how did you grow up, the environment you have, and the type of support you have around you, your training, your nutrition, everything is going to play a role in how you're going to develop as a person, how your body will develop, how your body's going to react to different things. You just got to take in what works for you. Learn enough to at least start somewhere with fitness and then see what works for you. And honestly, play around, like manipulate some things, manipulate some stuff in your nutrition, manipulate some other like training regime in your, like how you train. Play around with it, have fun with it. Training regime? Regime, whatever, dude. (laughs) You know what regime means? (laughs) Regime. Is it regime? Regime is like a a, a government, like. No, it's not. It is like like the, the Nazi regime. Is it? Yeah, for Whoops. sure. It's training regimen. Regimen. There you go. There That's you what go. I was trying to get at. He's a rab, you know, so be careful. You know, he might put a bomb at me. You know, I might die, but... Boom. There you go. <laughs> yeah, here you go. Let me, let me share my view on it, okay? Go ahead. But I do have another view. But I want to... Because that's going to be, like, more of the... Me being a little meaner to it. But go ahead. Okay. Um, I think body shaming, to an extent could propel you to do the right things, right? Because I was gonna say that. Never mind though. You got their it. their body shaming typically is aimed towards women of a certain body type, right? And that body type is typically unhealthy. Right. So acknowledging the unhealthy part of it is all you need to acknowledge. You don't need to acknowledge the whole like you're ugly, you know, all all, all the connotations that are bad, right? You don't need to acknowledge that, but you just need to acknowledge that, hey, I may need to make a change. But don't use that as um, something to... Go skinny to, as fucking and healthy. Well, I was going to say, don't use that as an excuse to be like, oh, I love my body. The exact right. opposite. The exact opposite movement. Because in an opposing movement, maybe you love your body, but your body's unhealthy and it's not loving you back. You know, mm-hmm. so feed your machine how it's supposed to be feed... Fed, I'm sorry. Fed, feed your yeah. machine how it's supposed to be fed. And you call me Arab? Yeah, I'm... I'm I don't, I don't even fucking know. I don't have an excuse. I'm blind and deaf. <laughs> you know, that's probably an excuse. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> feed your machine how it's supposed to be fed. Oil the parts that need to be oiled. Take care of your body in a way you would take care of your car. You're not going to leave your car sitting for 18, 20, 25,000 miles without an oil change. You're not going to do anything like that. Why um, do you do that? Okay, you're crazy. <laughs> um, but I think that people sometimes have a hard time looking at themselves and saying they have a problem. So maybe somebody else saying that you have a problem might be a good, good solution. It actually, it's the propulsion to make a change. Um, but I do, I do know and acknowledge there's a lot of unhealthy parts that come along with that too. Like you could definitely quote unquote body shame somebody and it just makes it way worse because then they start overeating and binging and doing all the bad things that you're doing just because they feel horrible now. Right. But you know what part of that I hate? The part that supports it. So I should rephrase that, but I'll, I'll explain so you have like big companies coming out right now, or like big people coming out right now. They're like, love your body the way it is, right? No matter what. Like Dove just made a market like that. I know. Exactly, and and they have like, so, so people are coming out and they're like, well, why are you putting like, these people that are in shape, try out and model clothes, and now they're having like, the supersized models, right? And they're just like, get a girl, work a girl, whatever, right? Excuse me. And in a way, like you said. That could be unhealthy. You do need to acknowledge that your body is due for a change. And fitness, as we all know, it is a healthy route to take. And if your body is due for a change, if you want to 
lose some weight or just lead an active uh an active lifestyle you know just just make it healthier make healthier uh food choices and instead of sitting in front of a tv for four hours make it an hour walk for an hour hop on pop's dick you know oh my god (laughs) (laughs) who said that (laughs) right who said that right (laughs) who said that But walk for an hour, do some, some chores for cardio, an hour. You know? Ex- oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! It's just some soft. Read a book. Yeah. Like be more productive generally. Count your steps. That that's a good way to start. Counting your steps because people are like, I want to get to ten thousand steps today, and they and they're like, what you know, four thousand. They're like, oh, let me get more steps in. Let me get more steps until I get to ten thousand. You know, just lead, lead that active, healthy style. And you gotta realize it. If you're fat, you're fat. There's, if you're obese, you're obese. And fat, being fat and being obese, I promise you, it's not cute. <laughs> it's not... Some people like it. If you like it, you like it. Ah, I've got nothing against you, but I'm just saying... We're look just at, saying Ali doesn't like it. I, no, I'm not saying that. Look at the heart of an obese person. There's literally like fat covering that. That's not healthy. So you're just... I'm just saying. Look at that part of it. All right, to get off his uh, his rant there, let's uh, <clears throat> kind of shift in that the talk about the steps. So do you think, right? Go ahead. Do you think that somebody tracking them steps would help or hurt them more if they did it for more than five years? For five years, mm-hmm. are they increasing their steps each day? Well, are they increasing their just, steps just if they used it? Just generally, they could be a a healthy side and an unhealthy side to it. Explain that. All right, so. One good way to find it is, like I was talking about, like, let's say you're going for 10,000 steps a day, right? Just to try and lead that active lifestyle. So let's say one day you got to 8,000, but it was mostly from work, walking to work, and walking, like, mindlessly, right? And then you're like, okay, now I want 2,000 steps in. So what are you going to do is you can go for a walk, right? For the average person, that's a good thing. You're doing something active, and you're going to go for a walk and do 2,000 steps. For a long period of time, I feel like your body will get adapted to taking so many steps each day that it doesn't even really help you anymore. I kind of see where you're going with that. Okay. So is that it? That's okay. my... What um, do you want to say me, about me, it? Well, let me put my, my talk into it. So right, if you use it for five years... Hey, hold on. Before you start, what's this? What's what? Oh, that's food. Yeah. Uh, if you use it for five years, hopefully within those five years, you're no longer going to be using it because you should be able to learn enough about yourself in those five years to stop using the tool because it's Great just point. that. It's just a tool. Great point. And I think if you get stuck using this thing for the rest of your life, you're not really learning from it. You're not learning from it at all. That's a really good point, actually. Yeah. But you need to actually be aware of what's happening. The days that you're not getting the steps in, you need to be aware of why you're not getting the steps in. Mm-hmm. You need to be aware of how you're not getting the steps in. Maybe you, you think you're being so active because you're being productive at work. Maybe you just you feel like you're rushed some days. Um, there's a lot of things that can make the the sensation of being like active um, that aren't actually truly active. Um, and I think that to be honest, <laughs> you just look at the you look at the time. We're recording. It's almost midnight. You look at the time. You just got a big old bug eye look. <laughs> but I think to be honest, um, if you are walking. And you said you kind of went down the like adaptation route uh-huh. kind of thing. Okay, let's talk about that too. So, even if your body did get adapted to walking that many steps, is it healthier for you to sit down all day or to walk all day? Walk all day. Exactly. So is it a big bad movement, thing? Movement is better than no right. Movement. So is it, is it a bad thing? Not really. No. So yeah, you might get adapted to it if you keep doing the exact same amount of steps every single day. But it's a lot I... better for you than sitting all day. Oh yeah, for sure. But regardless. I guess. But I guess I should say. Well, I did mention that it's the average person, so yeah, I have no excuse. Yeah, yeah. you're right. Yeah. That's, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. that might lead people to think, oh, well, I shouldn't walk. No, because... no, no, don't, don't. Definitely, definitely not. No, don't. Right, because it's, it's healthy. I'm not, not condoning only, that behavior. It's healthy not only for, for your joints, but for your heart, too. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just super low-impact movement. And regardless if you get adapted to it metabolically, who gives a fuck? You know what I'm saying? Right, You're aren't there, like, there are, like, so many studies out there about how healthy walking really is. Yeah, exactly. It really is, yeah. So I just want to kind of finish off that thought and make sure everybody was kind of fully rounded on what we we're trying to explain. But um, I think that a lot of things like that, like like tracking calories, right? Do you think that okay? Let's talk about that. 
counting calories? Yeah, in five years, if somebody counted their calories, do you think that's going to propel more good or bad? I think it goes back to the point of you saying you should have learned enough about yourself in those five years that you should be able to tell the type of calories you're consuming, what food is going to hurt you, what food is going to help you, what food gives you the best amount of performance in whatever it is you're doing, the best energy throughout the day. I personally have never, well, I'll take that back, but I personally, honestly, like, I never try and count my calories. What I do for myself is decrease processed food and just uh, eat healthy. So it's like you and I were talking about it. As long as each day I get two healthy meals in, I'm okay. Mm -hmm. I never track my cal like my macros, never track them. But like you were saying, the five-year thing, that's my answer to it, is going back to what you said about you should have learned enough about yourself to know that you don't need to sit down, get a scale, goddamn, like, get out the grams, and then Google how many grams of rice, like, 50 grams of rice is how many calories or whatever it is. You shouldn't go through that whole, like, hassle of doing that, you know? Right. Um, definitely in five years, you should be more comfortable about your fitness to where you it's not even a chore anymore. You're just doing it. It's because it's part of your lifestyle. It's part of who you are. And it's easy for you. It's literally you go in the kitchen like, oh, I know this. I know what I need. And I'll do this. And I'll still be able to perform. You know? it's my answer to that. Okay. I think just starting off tracking calories just for tracking sake is a good idea. But once again, it goes back to the thing of like, you need to learn from it. I just do it. So tracking calories for just this the sake of tracking will help you be aware of, okay, today I got this many grams of protein, this many right. grams of fat as many grams of carbs, but you need to start honing on, okay, how did that many grams of carbs make you feel? How many of that gram, you know what I'm saying? Like start right. getting more into the details of how that made you feel, taking away just the objectivity and adding in subjectivity. So putting in your own thoughts and opinions on what you had and how it's affecting you, right? So if you have an intolerance like to like dairy or something like that, like I do, and I ate dairy and I tracked that and I said, okay, well, I just had dairy yesterday. Today, I added five pounds to the scale. Well, obviously, it's inflammation. It's, I'm holding on to water weight. Like That gives you an awareness that, okay, well, there's clearly something going on inside my body that's not healthy for me. So maybe staying away from those things is probably the best me. idea. It's okay. Who said that? <laughs> so maybe oh, that's part of the water. Yeah, we dude. still need to know if it's good for us or not. We still need, <laughs> we need, to, look, we need to look into it. But <laughs> I think I'm afraid I'll look into it and it says, like, I'll give you cancer. <laughs> <laughs> we probably should know that before you keep drinking. Oh, dude, I was listening to Mind Pop, and they, apparently they came out with a study. I, it was just a study. I'm not going to talk about what they were doing. The study said, like, if you eat after, I think, 8 p.m., like, any food, you're more prone to, uh, like, getting cancer. It was cancer. 11. It was 11. It was 11? I know. I know exactly what I'm But thinking about. about it now, I've always, like, especially since, like, uh, sophomore year high school, I've always had uh, club soccer practices that ended at goddamn, like, 10.30. Yeah, but you can't, like, the average American who's eating 11 probably isn't eating the right amount of, like, the right foods at that time. They're probably eating dessert. Okay, probably, but who's, you know what I'm saying? But who, you're right, and because who, who's going to wake up and goddamn cook rice and chicken? That's what I'm saying. So it goes back to the, any any study or that's eggs done. eggs or fucking, like, cheese, you know, healthy food. Right, yeah. it goes back to any study that's ever been done, and, like, you got to think, like, okay, well... Take it with a grain of salt. Like, okay, well, that's what happened in the study, but really, what's that actually mean? Right. You know I, mean? I just like, want to bring up that study. Yeah. And I don't want to, like, take credit for me finding the study. I knew because I was doing my pump. Shout out. we Shout we got to get sponsored. We really do. And it's probably water. They need to sponsor us. Yeah, Schnucks Sparkling Water. <laughs> Schnucks Sparkling Water. You know, that's our daily sponsor for the day. Bringing the burps to you live. <laughs> you <know? laughs> so what Sparkling Water does to you is that it's going to feel... Uh, so your muscle belly, you know, it's going to go right into the muscle belly and okay. it's going to fill it up. Fuck like you. Big, that's, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. This that's guy has true. no integrity, this not mother. True. <laughs> <laughs> not true. Not true. He's just trying to sell our sponsored product. I am. We're not even sponsored by them, though. We're not. I, I wish. We do like sparkling water, though. We do. It's good shit. Some people, don't, some people don't like it. They're like, oh, it's gross. Fuck you. Fuck you. <laughs> right. <laughs> fuck. Get the fuck out. Fuck you. Get the fuck out. <laughs> get the fuck out. <laughs> don't listen to our shit anyway. Yeah, literally. Get the fuck out. <laughs> um... Okay, let's let's go into this. What's up? Now, I know that you had a, a bigger bigger topic to talk about. I did. But let's save that for just a second. What do you think about foam rolling? I heard... So, for, I look at foam rolling as static stretch. Obviously. 
And is it? Did it die? No, we good. We're, we're good. good. Oh, whoo, if that died, oof, we'd have had to re-record this whole thing. Fuck me. All right. Who said that? <laughs> so foam rolling, I look at it as static stretching. There are studies out here. Well, right now they're coming out saying you should static stretch after, not before, because it, it cools down your muscle, whatever, right? Uh, let's talk about that. Uh, keep, keep going. Keep I, going, will, keep I will keep going. going. I will keep going. And I know you want to bring That's why I'm bringing up those points, because I know your counter-argument about it, and I want you to say them. And my thing is about foam rolling. If you use it right, you'll be fine. Foam rolling before an exercise, before any, like, activity is not bad. If you are foam rolling the area, like, let's say... Let's say you played like two soccer games. Well, any game. Let's just say you you played like two football games, right? Two golf games, whatever. Well, whatever it is. it is. You're in tournament. You're in season, and you're playing like back-to-back games. You're not gonna go into a game and just do dynamic stretches. You you're gonna do some static stretches. You're gonna do some foam rolling for like specific areas, and you're gonna want to foam roll more than just ten seconds. You get you're gonna want to do thirty seconds to get that. You wanna release that fucking tightness. You wanna. Feel relaxed afterwards. They'd be like, okay, now I can go. Because I had that mindset of never static stretch before until I played four games of soccer in less than 24 hours. We were in a tournament. And by the fourth game, I was like, I need to static stretch. I did it. Oh, I felt so good and felt so much better. <laughs> literally, yeah. <laughs> He's just putting his two fingers in his mouth and like, literally how I felt. And I was, I was, I felt like I was sharp again. That's my thing on it. But I also heard that you're not supposed to foam roll if you have high blood pressure. I don't know. I kind of get it because if you're laying Why? down, right? Because like the, if you have high blood pressure, the, the worst part is when you stand up, the room gets spinning and you might fall over. That's a big fear. So foam rolling is pretty people down on the floor. So if they have to get on the floor, they have to stand So like don't up. have a high blood pressure person do push-ups? There's a lot of modifications you have to make, but if they're on medication for it, it's not as big of an issue. Okay. You'll learn about that later. But, um, I think for my opinion, um, let's first talk about the static stretch before we even go into this foam rolling shit. Uh, you brought up the point that you shouldn't static stretch before you work out. Yeah, I brought it up on purpose because I want you to say Tell the... me what your thoughts behind it is. What? Like, why wouldn't you want to static stretch before you work out? The big thing is it cools down your muscle, it makes you feel relaxed, and it doesn't get you in the mindset of performing. It gets you in that mindset of, oh, I'm... Relaxing? Relaxing. Relaxation. So, he brought up that point, and I wanted to kind of make him say relaxing, so I kind of forced him into that word, but that's basically what the main goal of of static stretching is to get something to relax. Typically, it's a muscle, right? You're typically trying to get the the muscle and the tendon to relax. about the hamstring. So, let's say, well, the hamstring is kind of complicated. You don't really want to. You're right. Yeah. (laughs) Let's go into the upper traps, okay? Um, That's more complicated to me than the hamstring. Well, it'll make sense here in a second. Okay. Let's say when you row... And a row is just where you're pulling your arm from outside to inside of your body, right? So it's basically taking your arm from extended into flexed and pulling your shoulder back, right? So typically when people row, you want to have a depression and retraction of your scapula. Right. So basically putting your scapula in your back pocket. However, when you have an imbalance in your shoulders and you're really tight in the upper traps, you pull upward. You're elevating with that shoulder. So you're basically doing a mini shrug each time you row. What that does is it creates a really inefficient path that you're rowing and actually starts to bring pain for the front of your shoulder. So the way to fix that is to have them static stretch that upper trap two to three sets, 30 seconds to allow them to fully relax, to get that depressed state of that muscle to allow them to get into depression with their shoulder. So that's how I'd use that as a corrective exercise prescription, right? If somebody has an imbalance, we need to strengthen the proper muscles, but to do that, we have to deactivate certain muscles. So, Static stretching should be used if you have muscle imbalances, which about every single person has. So to make the, the argument, yes, you should, but you should only really do it to the certain muscles. It's very, very, very specific. And that's specific. what I'm talking about. Like you got to hit that specific It's so muscle. specific. Before um, an activity, at least, yeah. it's super specific. It's it's like the basic corrective exercise is basically dealing with that, is trying to correct your, your immobility or insufficient paths, biomechanics, whatever it may be, by determining how to deactivate and how to activate proper muscle. That's all correct for exercise is. Um, but now let's go to the formula kind of topic. But um, with the formula, I think that too many people use it as like their whole entire warm-up. You know what I mean? I think it becomes like this thing where like if I'm going to warm-up, I'm just going to foam roll. 
And I've seen that a lot, like at Lindenwood. You remember I, that? Yeah, Lindenwood, remember we always that. saw that. We always saw that. I also see that at my gym, this personal trainer. She has like really? three, these three athletes. As soon as they come, she's like, go get foam rolls and foam roll. She butchered it. But, <laughs> but, um, I don't like that. I don't like that. I, I don't like that either. I think that it's a, it's a big waste of your time if you're doing it that long. I think that honestly, if you only should percent if you're doing it just to loosen up certain muscles, right, and, and not really doing it for right. That's the, the long duration periods, right? So when you do foam roll, a lot of people do it wrong, right? When you're, when you're supposed to foam roll, basically the mechanism of how that's working is by decreasing the sensation of your muscle spindles. So allowing you that, that reflex to allow it to depress and relax from the Golgi tendon organs inside of your muscles. So you, Which, that's how I pronounce Golgi tendon? Yeah. I've always pronounced it Golgi tendon. You dumb bitch. <laughs> so it allows that to, to relax and expand that muscle. Um, That's just, just from your nervous system. So what you want to do is pin and stretch, right? You want to, you want to, you don't want to be rolling up and down the foam roller. You want to find a certain area of pin and then start to move that joint. So let's say it's your quad, you're laying down and, uh, and you put it on a certain part of your quad and you allow that quad to extend your knee and flex your knee, extend the knee and flex your knee while it's in one spot. A lot of people sit there and roll up and down, up right. and down, up and right. down. That's not what you want to do. That's not the point. Um, so I think people don't even know how to use them. Number one, so why waste time trying to use something you don't know how to use? And number two, why spend that time doing something that you're not really educated on how to use? I, I never you know? felt comfortable form rolling, honestly, so I just never did it. I used to do it um, whenever I was really, like, I used to have really tight adductors, and now you can see me like laterally lunge like like nuts. But I used to have really tight adductors before I'd work out, and it always made me cave my knees in my By spot. the way, he's saying adductors. 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 They don't need to fucking, they don't fucking know what. Okay, fuck you. Um, <laughs> no, because I couldn't, like, pick up the word in you right here. So I, I got to tell them what you... Add. Doctors. Doctors. There you go. Eh? Oh, my God. Who said that? <laughs> but um, that's kind of my opinion on it. But let's go into your big topic. Whoops, I forgot. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. You dumb I'm bitch. kidding. No, no, no. So my big topic is... Um, oh, I want to talk about it because Matt is a big fan. And I want to I wanna hear his side... We're on air right now, so he's going to say everything. He's not going to be like, oh, you got to pay for my information. Yeah, basically, he's trying to absorb anything he can from me because he's a dumb bitch. <laughs> I'm not dumb today, bitch. Today, tell, tell him what you did. Tell him what you did. You came in, you're like, I got this special test I learned. Check it out. Tell him. Oh, that's hella funny. So I was, I was this, uh, so I'm he, going to he's, school. So, yeah, so he's, he's in college. I'm not. I'm not. And I learned this new test to, like, uh, figure out if you're tight in your hip flexor, your quad, and your IT bands. And then I show, and he was like, "Oh, the Thomas test," and I was like, "Fuck you!" <laughs> Before he even tried to fucking right, explain I it. Right, I was just like, you know what, Matt's not gonna know this shit, and he knew, but it's okay. And no, I'm not using this just to like absorb information out of you. I'm actually. Uh, using... Pretty sure you are. I am of... not, cause I know my side of this, you okay. bitch, you dummy, you big dummy, big you waist. big dummy bitch, <laughs> you big waist dummy. Okay, small go. waist, big caps. That's me. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> See, look, my, dude, my calves are huge, though. Okay, they're tiny. They're at 16 inches. Mine are bigger than yours. You're at 14. You're dumb. Okay, <laughs> go on to your topic. You're dumb. <laughs> so, my big topic is working out with a specific program. So, every workout, you have, like, you have a program. So, program that you stick to for four weeks five, six weeks, eight weeks, however long it is, right? So a specific program that you program, you stick to it, and then you switch that program because you phase out of it, generally, versus working out, just going in and working out. Tell me your big difference between them, and why do you prefer one over the other? So this new podcast, um, Joe DeFranco, shout out, Industrial Strength Show. Only well, actually got sponsor us. Yeah, well, you know, we got to share the love, you know? <laughs> I think that's what the profession's all about, is you can't know everything, is, and you right, got to rely on other right. people to help you out, you, you know, do. so you got to find credible and people. And I appreciate all these people that we mentioned. Exactly. you got to find credible people, and, and, and exactly. So, um, on his podcast, one of the ones I listened to, he kind of went on this topic um, very briefly, but basically what he said is there, there's a difference between training and working out, right? So, working out is that one day I'm going in, I'm doing whatever I want. I'm kind of just. Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm going in. I'm working out. I was. I was actually fresh in my mind um, because I literally was listening to it as I was walking to the gym to go to Mm -hmm. you. But um, he has this thing where it's if you're working out just that one day, you're doing whatever you need to do. Maybe you're getting some stress off your chest, whatever it is. There's no real intent behind what you're doing. It's just kind of like you're working out whatever you feel like. 
However, training is where you have a program that's written out to attain a specific goal. It's training for that goal. Maybe it's off-season work. Maybe it's um, something that you're trying to achieve, maybe powerlifting, like a certain number total. Maybe it's, um, you know, in Olympic weightlifting, a certain total. Whatever, whatever it may be, it's training towards a certain goal that has a macro cycle, a mesocycle, and it's it's just it's a lot more complicated than people believe. Just it's, going in and buy some. Yes, exactly. It's a lot more complicated and complex for a reason. Like you're you're trying to get to a goal. And the program is set up in a like a specific way. Yes. Like you get your body working in like it, it literally gets the kinetic chain working in the way that it should be working. Right. Basically. So um, let me. So that was just kind of his his topic. But let me go into to why me personally why I think program is is the key to anybody's success, right? Because in order to program, you need an assessment. An assessment's going to tell you everything you want to know and how to program for that person. So the assessment is really a crucial part that people usually miss out. Um, and the assessment will take over any kind of movement competencies, any kind of movement patterns that are defaulted to be a certain way, um, mobility restrictions, all these things that you need to know. So you can instruct a person how to warm up properly to be successful in their lifts. On their goddamn body. Right. And then from there, another big thing that people don't understand is that they just want to kind of go in and do the motions, right? When you program, you are set up to do exactly what you had already planned to do. It's not like I'm going to walk in and I think I'm going to do squats today, but I don't really feel like squats, so I'm just going to do bicep curls. And that's a really good point because when I use... It keeps to... you accountable. Exactly. That's a big thing. It keeps you accountable. My... I'm sure you're not done with your rant. No. But just before, you can yeah, yeah just before, like, I forget. My big thing that I found about, like, about programming in the gym, outside of my soccer, this isn't my soccer, because my soccer is like, that's a whole different thing I'll talk about later on. But in the gym, is that I have a way to track the weight that I'm going up in certain lifts. Because it's certain lifts that we do for that specific program. It's not lifts all over the place. Right. And so it makes it, it makes it a lot easier to track. And I'm like, okay, I'm getting stronger or I'm getting weaker. Or like you said, am I getting mobile from it? Am I getting more stability from it? So it's a good way to track all these things. It allows you to see the direct correlation of what you've planned on doing exactly. into how you now are performing. So Ali even told us uh, on a different podcast that the work capacity stuff we were doing for a while was kind of making them kind of drain of the field. I was because I was doing like two work capacities a day basically. And now how are we feeling? So we're doing heavy eccentrics. How are we feeling on this one? I feel a lot sharper on the field. So, like so, it's it's isom- eccentric isometrics. Uh, shout out to Joel Seidman, and it's, that's one of the guys who are a big proponent of this. But I started kind of incorporating his stuff. But um, and right now it's like twelve or two a.m. in the morning where mm-hmm. we at, and I'll probably wake up at eight at the latest tomorrow morning, and I'll head to the soccer field, and I'll feel a lot sharper mm-hmm. than I did with the fun- work capacity. I woke up, I do the warm up, and I'm like, okay. I'm breathing a little harder than I should be from a warm-up. And then I touch the ball and then start dribbling around. And I'm just like, oh, okay, I'm too tired. Mm-hmm. And it was, just wasn't good for me. Mm-hmm. And then eccentric isometric has been shown to also decrease risk for injury too. So that's another reason why I'm a program. Well, I feel a lot more stable. Yes, exactly. And I can see why it Cause decreases. Because eccentrics themselves will strengthen the tendons and ligaments, right? right. So it's going to help out. Well, not really the ligaments. Ligaments can't really be strengthened. But the tendons in specific, the attachment... Them. Huh? Can stabilize them. Well, the more stability you have around yeah. the tendons, the more stability you should have around the ligaments. But um, the tendons themselves, as they are getting stretched soft and slow and then held at that certain length, so what we do RDLs, so when you start to hinge at the hips, go all the way down towards your shin with the bar, almost to your ankles, that deep, deep stretch, that's where the, the tendons are being really stretched their capacity, but they're building that end strength. My favorite is just all this groin work that we're doing. Oh, like yeah. The, the adapters. Yeah. Oh, my God. Never felt, I never felt this stable in my adductors. It, Good. It, it always felt like I've had a strain or whatever in my adductors. And, I was and you wouldn't know if we didn't have a program to kind of design for that specific need, right? So I just tore my groin, which is your adductor, same kind of interchangeable word. I uh, tore it not too hard. It was a little tiny, tiny, itty-bitty. Um, tear. Yeah. No, it wasn't even really a tear, honestly. It was, it was just, honestly strain. a strain. It was just Probably a sprain, if you will. Sprain is ligaments. Whoops. Strain his muscle, you dumb it, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> but it was honestly probably just a little tiny strain. And um, I just felt the twinge whenever I was squatting one time. And I was like, oh, okay, well, I need to work on that. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I do. So I took the time and effort to program out 
how to recover from that. And obviously, I've made great results from that. Even you've seen the right, like the gen- difference. Right, you know? generally, as a soccer player, I'm like, I'm always crossing, kicking the ball, so my adductor should begin work work from that alone. But then, like when I started doing the actual adductor work in the gym, I feel a lot better when crossing the ball. I don't feel because when when I'm doing like so many repetitions of crossing the ball, it starts to hurt my groin. And recently, with my training sessions, like my dad has been ramping up my shooting sessions. I'm not feeling pain in my adductors at all. So it's good stuff. It's good stuff. Good. So that's kind of the reason why I think programs are are key to anybody's success, whether the goal is to increase performance, like you're saying, um, or to recover from an injury, like I'm saying. There still should be a plan that's written out for you to get to that end end, end street, right? I can't believe that I forgot... uh, the difference between sprain and strain. That's embarrassing shit. That is You're, embarrassing. He's in school. I'm not. <laughs> fuck this guy. <laughs> this proves to you guys you don't need school. I forgot. Well, because school didn't teach me why. They just school taught, me, taught you to memorize. Memorize it for the test, and that's it. And I'm being being taught. Well, I'm not really teaching. I'm, I'm being taught. I'm learning to learn. Okay, I'm not learning to memorize. Right. Like I try. I'm trying to learn just to learn at school, like the biomechanics class. And you just saw in the quiz, I just fucking flew through. I was like, fuck it, whatever it is, whatever it is, right? Because I was just trying to go by my memory, my memory, whatever. That's another topic. Yeah, he a dumb bitch, but. Uh, okay. <laughs> but uh, to kind of finish off and wrap up the rant that I have going, so I can let Ali kind of take in the place. Um, I think the difference between programming and and working out for one day is is simply coming down to what's your intent, right? If your intent is maybe to blow off some steam... Uh, then go ahead and work out. Yeah, exactly. I, I actually chopped on a tree not too long ago, and it fell on the power line. I was like, Ali... Although we were still in a program, I was like, Ali, we need to get to the gym. But I just knew that I needed to get out of the house, go to the gym, and just release some stress. So I think in those times, maybe it's your off day on that day. Maybe if you go in and just do a couple of ball slams, right. maybe a couple of sprints, you're not going to kill your next workout, but... If you're just taking out some steam, that's just a like workout. Like, you, you're doing every once in a while. I'll go in and do technique. Fire, yeah, exactly. I'll cleans. do technique work. So, for yeah, yeah. cleaning and snatches, I'll do technique work. And that's a workout. I'm it's, a st- yeah, I'm going to start incorporating, like, deadlifts in between. Yeah, it's, it's not, like, it's not exactly. fully, like, weight-driven. It's not like, how much weight can I put on? It's more, no, how much technique, technique can I add? You know? I do want to prove my technique for deadlifts. Definitely. Yeah. It's grip strength, for sure. Yeah. That's mostly what I want to uh, prove. But I think that there is a place and time for a workout, like we're saying. Maybe it's technique. Maybe it's just blow off some steam. Right, right. So, but overall programming is key. Right. That's a good topic to leave it. Like, leave it at. Um, the You said, like, it's good to work out. And it's good, like, every once in a while to not have a program to just to go and work out. You want to get out of that mindset of... Like that competitive mindset of I want to get that, I want to get that, I want to get that, I want to get that. It's good to take some time off. All right, so now that I'm ranting, he's trying to do some stupid funny <laughs> shit in the background. And it's like, let me talk, dude. I can't focus like that. Let me talk. But there's a point that I want to bring up. It's all those like Instagram videos that I'll show you of like the the couple that do like the random workouts together or like the uh, girls that do those random workouts. They're like, it's workout time and they're always just doing like super random stuff so they would start off with like a squat and they would do ropes like battle ropes and then jump rope and then a pull up and then they throw some balls around like heavy balls there's obviously no programming in that right and my brother was next to me and I was watching and I was just like clicking through and I was like dumb shit dumb shit stupid shit right no he was just like (laughs) He brought. He honestly brought up a good point that left me thinking. He was just like, they're just working out to be fit. They're not working out towards anything. So it goes back to the point of you saying, if you don't, if you're not in competition, if you're not in season, whatever it is you're doing, if you're not going for like a specific number of for a lift, then you might not need to program. You might just want like because we were talking early in this podcast about just being active and leading an active, healthy uh, lifestyle, and that's that could be what it is that they're doing. They're just going in the gym, working out, and they're just trying to lead that active lifestyle. I think, because I know they talk about it in their Instagram, they talk about they wanting to reach certain goals. And then when they talk about that, and then still have those like random workouts, I'm just like, well, now you're not going to reach your goals. You need a specific program to reach that specific goal. Like this girl... She weighed herself and she showed it on Instagram. She was at 114 and she wants to get to 110. And all she's been doing ever since is like work capacity stuff. Like the high rep 
and she's been a 114 forever and I'm just like change up your routine and see how it goes that's all it takes and honestly like you touched based on a lot of it um I do want to talk about my soccer training um a lot of people like I'm like they're like why don't you just call it soccer practice because I'm always saying like I'm going soccer training and they're in that's the biggest reason because when I go I don't just take a ball and go through the motions I take a ball and you I, jerk it. yeah <laughs> Said that. yeah sure that's what I do no but I take a ball I have cones oh my god I have a specific goal that I'm working on so right right now I'm trying to work on my skills so I do heavy skills and shooting mostly and so I do heavy drills that are specific for to prove my skills and to prove my shooting because what I want to work on it works better for my position as well two months ago I was working on my first touch and passing a lot of my drills were first touch and passing and so forth and I used to actually I used to do also like incorporate a lot of fitness into my training for soccer I don't do that anymore when I'm at the field with soccer balls and cones I work more on agility with the ball and agility in general I leave my fitness for a different day and that's how that's kind of like how I'm programming myself the gym part Matt over here like I appreciate that a lot from him he's writing the programs for us pretty good programs too until he got to the work capacity and I was like you dumb bitch let's not do it I liked it if I wasn't doing soccer but two times a day high fucking intensity can't but I appreciate that he's programming it it's really good programs I'm not getting tired in the soccer field and uh like I just feel sharper and that that's just the power of programming. If you program right, you'll feel sharper. Your body will trust me. You'll feel a lot more energy throughout the day. And you and when you finish, you, you're just like, oh my god, I actually did something. Because I remember when I started lifting, and then when I didn't have a specific program, I'd get in the gym and I just go through the motions, and then I'd like stop seeing results, and then I my motivation went down the drain, and I was just like, well, fuck it. But that's my rant on it. You kind of like hit all the points I wanted to hit it about it. I want to I want to disagree with you about about the first thing you said about if it's just a general pop and they're coming in just to kind of like, you know, be active or whatever, right, right, right. that they don't need a program. I want to disagree. I didn't say that. You did. The no, very, at the very beginning, the very beginning of your rant yeah, you no, said I remember what I said. I don't say that they don't need to program. I said maybe they don't need to program then if they're just leading that active lifestyle. That's pretty much the same thing, though. I guess. But but go. How would you program for someone who's like, I don't have a specific goal. I think regardless if you have a goal or not, there's things that you need to do mm-hmm. that are foundational to your body: pushing, pulling, squatting, lunging, carrying things. Um, there's a lot like of things. A lot of unilateral work. Right. There's a lot of things that need to be programmed in. Whether it's hip dominant, knee dominant, shoulder dominant, elbow dominant, things like that. You know what I'm saying? Different motions need right. to be applied to your body because biomechanically your body needs those motions, right? So if you're always doing, let's say, like, like I just brought up this topic actually to you. I said a lot of things we're always doing are usually knee dominant. I'm sorry, hip dominant. They're never usually knee dominant. So we never do any kind of isolation like quad extensions or knee um, knee. Curls, the hamstring curls, are they called? Hamstring curls. Hamstring, I, I, we don't do that. Shit. I, don't, I don't know the fuck the name are because we don't fucking do them. <laughs> um, leg exceptions. Yes, these these bullshit dumb machines. So I was talking to you, <laughs> and, I, and I said we should probably add in some like hamstring curls, um, not like the fucking machine shit, but like with a foam pad, eccentrically going down slow, which is a knee extension exercise, right? So the only machine Matt used so far is the back row machine. Just cables. Cables. Yeah. But um, I think that that we are even missing some of their programming. And I think that a lot of people, if they did just work out, they just always do the same things and always miss a lot of things that they were supposed to be doing. And well, there's a, a huge gap. Don't leave a huge gap. Don't be stuck in your same program forever. Or even do the same exercise forever. Let's say. Right. Because you do need different. Let's even go into the programming details now. Okay. So you do need different mesocycles which means about a month four to six weeks yeah he doesn't know this shit so i'll I'll kind of go over this so every four to six weeks you need to change up your phase phasing just means whatever set rep weight time under tension tempo rest Mm -hmm. periods all these small details right you need to change it up so every four to six weeks you should change that even i I could even go as low as three weeks 
swing of it, something like muscle endurance. <laughs> like like yeah, that, exactly. Weeks. For those, you, you don't need as long. But um, anywhere from three to six weeks, you need to change those phases. In order to change those phases, you need to change like what I talked about, so the weight, sets, reps, all, that kind of, all the details. And the reasons we do that is because you're going to go through different progressions based upon that. So when you're going through a strength phase, which would be low reps, longer rest periods, you're training more your nervous system, right? So the central nervous system, the ability to fire that motor pattern and express the complete neural strength that you have, right? Because if you look at like Olympic weightlifters, they can clean and jerk and squat crazy numbers. I mean like just insane for their body weight. And the reason is because their central nervous system is so fucking ramped up. Like, it's like, central nervous system is like your governor, right? In your car, right? If your car can, well, you have a, you have a European car. Um, most American cars have a govern where if you're going, like, let's say 120 miles on the highway, it's going to stop you. You can only go 120. But if your car physically can go maybe 250. Mike, actually... Do that with my car. I think it stops at 122 because it is made. So your, yours does have it. Okay. I think so because it's made because it's in the USA, so they do that for European oh, cars. Oh, okay. So they added yeah, it. Okay. I was I was trying so to. So you, you know that. Okay. Exactly. I know that. Yeah. 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 So so basically, a government was going to stop you at a certain speed, although your car is able to produce a higher speed. Exactly. Think about that. In the same terms of your nervous system. Your nervous system is going to stop you at a certain rate because it's trying to save you. It's trying to say, well, we know that you can go the speed, but. You're not ready yet. Your central nervous system is trying to block you and give you that govern, right? So when you're training those lower reps at the higher weights, you're expressing more strength, which is more neural drive, right? So the ability for you to get in that biomechanical safe pattern, express that strength through the stability of the joints, is how you're going to increase that neural drive, which also means you're going to have more more neural fatigue, which means you can't do as many reps, sets, all that kind of stuff. So, so by strength is usually lower reps. Right. So. It's less volume dependent. Whereas volume. if you're doing hypertrophy, which is muscle building, you're more volume dependent. So you need to have more volume in a hypertrophy set, less volume in a strength set. Um, and it just it comes down to different elements of each phase because there's more phases than just those. Um, there's stability, like NASM will put in the stability phase. Um, I know there's muscle endurance phase. There's also like in between cross speed of, you know, like what we're doing, eccentric isometrics, which is kind of a crossbreed of hypertrophy and strength because we're at lower reps, but we're really doing more time and retention. But... Fucking deadly. <laughs> but um, I think that these little things need to be addressed no matter who you are, what your goals are, because I think everybody should be able to express more muscle mass because it's better for your health. I think everybody should be able to express better strength because you need that strength sometimes in your life. Whether it's a heavy bag and, of groceries you didn't expect, or some sand you need to pour, or some salt you have to put to, in your driveway. To all my or, females out there, get that upper body strength. And to all my males out there, don't skip like that. Or how about the same message for both? You sexist fuck. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's the norm, you dummy. You bitch. A lot of guys skip like that, then a lot of females like rarely do upper body day, you dummy. Okay, you bitch. You're sexist. Who said that? I am not sexist. You're the mom's dudes. I am sexy. Okay, fucking weird. But um, <laughs> I think that you know you need to have that, that foundational strength, and I also think you need to have that foundational muscle mass. But I think you also need to go through something like a muscle endurance or stability phase where you're focusing more on the stability of joints, really trying to get the joint angles in the proper range of motion. Um, and same thing with mobility too. You need to address your mobility and do proper exercises to increase that range of motion and be strong in those ranges of motion. So I think an inclusive program should be done for anybody and everybody, no matter what your goals are, if you have goals, or if you're looking for general health. Um, programming is a key. So I just wanted to make that clear that I disagree, you know. Um, regardless of what your goals are, you need to have something structured out, even if you can only make it to the gym one day, you know. <laughs> Still have that structure for that one Right, day. right, exactly. You need, you need to make the most of that one day. That right. might be even more, more important than somebody who's going seven days a week. Oh, that, you know? that definitely is. Because you really need to hammer down the exact proper movements, the compound lifts you need to be doing to get the proper adaptation you want. Um, but that's my rant. You know, shout out to the Mind Pump. Shout out to the Industrial Strength Show. You know, <laughs> shout out to Sparkling Water by Schnooks. Shout out to Zebra Cakes because that's what Ali eats all the time now. Donuts. It's been like... It's twice now. That's twice. But you went back in line to go buy it. You forgot it. You're like, I gotta get that Why you gotta send me cake. out like that, dude? I'm not setting you out, bro. 
Come on, man. Okay. We're supposed to be healthy, you know, fitness. We don't need zebra cake. So we don't have zebra cakes. We have a bunch of vegetables here. That's not sparkling water. That's vitamin water. Well, my first three, no my first three meals were all good, so this is fine. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, you know? it's fine. Um, but we'll give them more and burn that shit. Okay. Get them all. But um, what's your Instagram? I forgot. You dumb. <laughs> it's uh, it's my name Ali Sood A L I S E O U D. And mine's at PT Cantrell ninety six. Small waist. Small waist. That's not included in the title though. Big waist. It is small waist though. Oh wait, this time it's your turn to like rip on my body at the ends because last time it was me. Oh, your body looks nice. Also, be sure to follow us on our main account. That's S B D O podcast.